Hold on, we have a guest. Daphne, do you want to say hi? Hello, I was asking my dad a big chocolate chip cookie. Is chocolate chip his favorite? Yeah. Is chocolate chip we my went, favorite? We went to the- Thank you, honey. That was really sweet of you. Yeah, chocolate chip is his favorite. Did I one thing right now? So respect daddy's time block. I like how you're doing your one thing right now, and there's nothing more respectful than chocolate chip cookies to show that you're respecting somebody's sign block. I love you, honey. This is The One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Jeff Woods. We are entering the time of year where we set our goals for the upcoming year. We put our business plans in place. The mistake people make is that They commit to things that look attractive in the short run, like the next year, without understanding if it might be a distraction from where you really wanna go someday from now. The conversation you're gonna hear today is a private call we did with one of our members. She reached out because she really needed some help. She discovered the one thing a little over a year ago. This past year, she started updating her 411 every week and started having 411s with her team. And as a result, in a year with so much craziness, they've had the best year in the history of their company financially. They've had extraordinary growth. And now she finds herself looking up and feeling a little bit stuck. Knowing that she's destined for more and also realizing that if she continues down the same path, she's gonna burn out. And she couldn't quite figure out how to put a plan in place that would allow her business to still grow without it relying on her trading hours or dollars. We recorded the conversation because we thought something good might have come out of it. And boy, we are so glad that we did because you're gonna get to hear a lot of what does it look like to not just set goals for the year, but to take a few minutes and cast a bigger vision for yourself and for your life. You're going to hear the questions that we ask her so that she can get a clear direction for where she wants to be 10 years from now. That's her someday. You're going to hear her work it backwards to what she believes her five-year goal to be, which all of a sudden brought a lot of focus to what her goal needed to be for the next year. You're then going to hear the questions that we asked her so that she ultimately created her GPS all on this podcast. So for those of you who have ever tried to create a GPS or a one-page business plan, you understand how challenging it can be. And you're going to hear us walk her through the nuances that we think about when we facilitate creating GPSs inside of organizations. This is a tremendously valuable episode. And we also want to let you know, since This was a one-on-one call. This was not intended to be a podcast. You're also going to hear some of the real world things that happen, like my daughter coming in and while I'm in a time block and how we handle those things. This is real life. This is what it really, really looks like. We know that you will get tremendous value from this episode. Take notes because we know you'll be able to put it into action. If you yourself would like to have an experience like this woman had, we strongly encourage you to check out our virtual goal-setting retreat series. She and I did this in just an hour. Yet what we can do over the course of a weekend during this retreat is so much deeper. And you can learn more about that at theonething.com slash setmygoals. That's with the number one in the URL, theonething.com slash setmygoals. And if you are a leader inside an organization and would love to have something like this facilitated, if you go to theonething.com and click on the training page, we have an entire section dedicated to the type of things we do inside of organizations where we can legitimately not only help you facilitate this, but create a culture where every year teams update their GPS. They start to hold 411s and it transforms the productivity of the organization. You can learn more about that at theonething.com slash training under the corporate section. 
With that, let's get into this episode with one of our Living Your One Thing members, Deirdre Wheatley-Liss. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So I know we're we're talking here today because you started implementing the one thing. I know you're a member. And this year, well, it's been a crazy year. It's been a good for you professionally, right? It has been extraordinarily successful. It has been my single most successful year. And everything for it is because I just put my head down and followed and just said, I'm just going to see where this takes me. And it took me to more than I could have imagined. Okay. So in order for me to understand how I can help next year be even better, I need to unpack what from the one thing you started doing this year and what happened as a result. So walk me through that. Okay. So there were really, I'm going to say there were two things. I know it's the one thing, but the big one is that I said, you know, I, what is it that I can control within my work life, right? Well, I can control how much I work and I can control how well the people around me work. And I listened to one of the podcasts, and I can't remember what the gentleman's name was, but he was talking about the need to do accountability meetings with people, mm-hmm. not to talk about what they did last week, but to get to the point where you're looking at what they're going to be doing next week and to make sure that you're giving your time to folks, which I wasn't really doing as much of. So by making sure that I was meeting my hours that I needed to do and that I was giving time to everybody on my team to be able to be productive... That's what has allowed us to be as successful as we are this year. So from from a high level, you made sure that as the leader, you were clear on yes. what your priorities were. And then you made sure that when you were interfacing one-on-one with your team, that they were clear on what they should be focusing on. Absolutely. And I invested a lot of time in doing that. How is that different from the previous year? Out of curiosity. So in the previous year, I worked on my client files. Um, I would um, hope that I would hit some kind of billing goal. And I wasn't interacting with my team. I was giving them things and saying, go ye forth and bring things back to me. And I wasn't really making sure that what they were bringing back to me was what it was that I needed. It's interesting because I hear sometimes people ask us, what does it mean to have a relationship with a goal? And what I'm hearing is prior to last year and, and starting to Live the one thing. You hoped you'd hit your hours. Yeah, that's not a goal. You'd be, be, you know, you you hoped you'd hit the hours, but you'd be really busy and you trusted that the team would do the right things, but it's not like you were active in the conversation. And what I'm hearing is this year, you started doing, I mean, you've sent me 
copies of your 411. I know you have been doing a weekly 411. So every week you are checking in on your goals and asking, okay, what do I have to do this week? And doing the same thing with your team. Now everybody's focused, everybody's aligned. And how'd you do results-wise this year? So this month, so we're talking right now in October, I actually just got my numbers for the end of last month. I've hit my annual goals as of the end of September. So I'm three months ahead of the game. If you and I were talking at the end of December of last year, and I told you that you'd hit your annual goals by the end of September of this year, what would you have said to me? I wouldn't. I would be laughing because I put out a very audacious goal. What's the purpose of having a goal if you're not going to have a reach goal, right? So Mm. I put out something that doable, but more towards the side of ridiculous. And now here I am in September and everything else is essentially gravy for the end of the year when it comes to those goals. So not only did you set a goal that you thought was pretty crazy to begin with, you did it in three quarters of a year during in the middle of a pandemic. That would be a, a true statement. Cool. So why are we talking? We're talking because I'm trying to do my plan for next year. And I I sat outside on the same porch and I put up the same videos and I was trying to think the goal goal setting retreat videos. Yeah, the goal setting retreat and 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 looking and even just the four one one just to remind you about what you do. The same process I went through last year, and I'm looking because I already had goals. Remember, because before this, I had no idea what I was doing. I just came up with things. Do I change the goal? The goal worked, right? Mm -hmm. Do I, but I want to continue to go on a path that that isn't just a straight line path. I want the path to continue to grow. If I continue to do the same goals, is it going to grow in the same exponential manner that it did this year? Uh. Do I need to change the goals? If I change the goals, am I going to lose what I did? I I didn't second guess myself before because I didn't know what I was doing. And now that I've had success, It's almost like I'm fearful of sliding backwards, which wasn't an issue when I started it because I didn't know what success would look like. Mm. So I'm hearing a few things and let me just repeat it back to make sure I'm clear so I know how I can help. One, you already have surprised yourself with what you can accomplish this year when you actually do a 411 and get Mm -hmm. clear on your priorities and then have your people do them and get clear on their priorities. Magic. I'm hearing you don't want to settle for linear growth. No. You're looking for exponential growth. And this is the thing. It's like, okay, this year, how much, what percentage is your business up this year? Oh, gosh. Well, let's say it's going to be up over, going to be 130% over last year, 140% over last year. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. In uh, a pandemic. In a, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so you're not just looking to double again, but it might be triple. Yeah, if that's, I mean, I don't want to, look, I don't mind setting something that's crazy because I already did and here I am. But I want to get to, I don't want to set it. I want to get to it. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. So before we can figure out what the goal, well, before we can figure out what the number is, Mm -hmm. what matters to you? Putting a system in place where, and it's where I have my team, where I'm not trading all my time for money. I I guess I could do that if I work 15 hours a day. I don't want to do that. I want to provide value to my clients. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. And I very much want to have a system around me to allow it to happen without it all being off of my desk. Okay. Glad we asked this question. Because if we had just started to say, well, what percentage increase do you want to see next year? You could easily slip into, well, how much more can I work? Because I heard you at the beginning, the one thing you could really control was how much you worked. 
right? And I'm hearing the mark of success is not how much you work and how much you get. It's actually how much you can get for how little you can work. Yes, absolutely. Cool. So let's, here's what we're going to do. So this is the same thing that's in the the goal setting master course that Mm -hmm. you have access to. This is the same thing we facilitate in the goal setting retreats. The mistake people make when they set the annual goal is they set the annual goal without context of where they want to be someday from now. Okay. Because what can seem attractive in the moment could possibly be a distraction from what you really want. Okay. If I were to ask you to fast forward someday from now, first and foremost, how far out are you thinking? Let's say 10 years. Cool. 10 years from now. Fast forward 10 years from now. Let's say despite our best intentions, we fall out of touch. And I run into you at the airport. Mm -hmm. And I see you sitting next to Casey Gosell. And I (laughs) freak out and get all excited. And I run across the terminal and go, oh my gosh, Deirdre, Casey, BFFs, how the heck are you? And you look at me and you say, Jeff, you would not believe it. My business is extraordinary. What does that look like? Uh, yeah, I think for me, it's living where I want to live and operating an amazing business that is as successful as I want it to be, but not me being the, the one who has to do everything. And living where I want to live is, is very important. That's always been a dream. And that's when one of the blessings of the pandemic is if you're working from home, you can work from home from anywhere, right? And to have a system so other people are fulfilled with what it is that they do, to leverage what I'm good at doing um, in terms of the way that I work with my clients and have other people be able to build off of that for their own satisfaction, their own careers, their own families. Cool. I'm just going to keep repeating back to make sure that I understand. I heard you'd have an amazing business. It's as successful as you want it to be. You have the ability to live wherever you want to live. And you've got a system in place so that the business can run and not really depend on you. Awesome. Real good. So I, here's the thing with the someday goal. Mm-hmm. People think that they, when, when, when we teach them this process, that they have to have absolute clarity. Last time I checked, your name is not Miss Cleo, and I don't see a crystal ball on your desk. <laughs> no, no. Right. So I'm not expecting crystal clear clarity here, but I want to press that we can be as specific as possible on this someday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you some questions here. Okay. How will you know if you were successful having an amazing business that was as successful as you wanted it to be? I mean, for me, it would be a number that would be generated. So, are you clear on what that number is? I am. Okay, cool. So, I'm hearing it's a specific number that you're able to deliver, and that the way your business is structured, you're virtually based, physically enhanced, meaning it doesn't require that you be in a location. You can come together as the team. That's the physically enhanced part, but you're location independent, which means you can live where you want to live. And you have the systems in place, which means it's not depending on you working 15-hour days to hit that number. That sounds yeah. excellent. 
that's actually pretty directional for okay. this conversation. Okay. You know the number and mm-hmm. how you get the number matters. It can't require you to be in a location and it can't require you to be the one to do the billable hours. For a 10 year vision, that is very directionally correct. It will allow us to do what we need to do. So now let me ask you the next question. I want you to fast forward and imagine it's 10 years from now. We're in the airport Mm -hmm. and you're telling me we hit this number. I'm living in, where do you want to live? Where do you want to live? Colorado. What part? Um, Boulder. My son's in school there right now. And every time I go out there, I want to stay. So can we just have a quick side moment? Uh Uh-huh. Did you know I'm moving to Denver in two weeks? No, really? Because last year when my wife and I did our couple's goal-setting retreat, and we asked what matters to us someday from now, we said we want to be able to live wherever we want to live. And that we didn't know exactly where, but we knew we wanted lots of sunshine, right? Access to mountains, had to have an international airport and could not have biting bugs. I didn't, I, well, the bugs is a plus for the international airport. That was one of the reasons that it was uh-huh. huge. Yeah. And yeah. And, and when my son came back, He's like, there's bugs here. I'm like, there's bugs everywhere. It's like, not not Colorado. So I'm saying, as long as I'm running this company, I have to be in Austin because that's where Gary and Jay are. And we asked the question, okay, well, even based on that, what's one thing we can do this year? And the answer was take one trip to a place we might want to call home. And so we booked a trip to Denver because when Mm -hmm. we did the search of sunshine, mountains, international airport, not a lot of biting bugs. Denver. <laughs> and um, then during COVID, we figured out that the future of work for us, we believe is virtually based, physically enhanced. And I made that pitch to, the, to my partners and they said, we agree. So I all of a sudden did not have to be in Austin. And so that trip that was to be scout Denver for us someday, we bought a house on that trip. Oh, wow. So, Congratulations. I'll see you there. So the airport we're going to be in is Denver International. There we go. See you there. <laughs> all right. So it's 10 years from now. I run into you in Denver and go, hey, neighbor. And I go, Casey, what are you doing out here? <laughs> right? <laughs> but I, and I ask you, how's your business? And you tell me, we did this number. I'm living in Boulder. And um, it's amazing because we're doing it. And it doesn't require me to be working, trading hours for dollars. And I ask you the next question. Okay. So help me understand, what did you do five years ago? that allowed you to know that you were on track for where we are today at your 10-year mark? How would you answer that? I think that's hard. The thing that it immediately came to mind was the idea of having some kind of numerical tracking. I'm not necessarily talking about numbers, but some kind and, and dollars. Some kind of X number of new clients, Y number of new things happening, something that you can adjust to that's that's um, objective so that you can see where the growth is going in the right direction and then making modifications where it didn't. What do you have now? We have systems and I have numbers. So today's my end of the month. So we do end of the month. You know, I do the end of the month numbers. I'm going to say, I'm thinking about it now. I think that they're more reactionary than proactive, if that makes sense. So I, I, I do track things of the number of times that I did this and the number of times that I did that. I just, I don't know if I'm using them as much as I could be to get to that goal. Just, just thinking in the context of your question. So what I'm hearing 
is instead of being reactive and you tracking your work, you actually have a, a clear strategy and people have goals in terms of their activities. And there is an organizational dashboard that you are able to tell, just like in sports, are we winning or are we behind? And based on that, what plays do we need to run? That sounds like an excellent system to put into place. Okay, cool. So in order for you to be on track, for you to hit your 10-year vision of hitting a specific revenue number, with you being location-independent and it done by your team, five years from now, you need to have an organizational scoreboard, essentially. A mature one also. I mean, it, it has to be something. You need to have the systems in place and the scoreboard in place so that you can then scale it. Okay. Yes. System and scoreboard. So here's the deal. Um, you and I could invest a lot of time really tightening that up and making that really specific. That's not the point. The point, at least for how much, if, if you and I were together for a whole weekend on the, on the retreat, we'd press for more specificity here. Right. But for exercise purposes, let's work it backwards. What do you have to accomplish in the next year to feel like you're on track for that five-year vision? So separate from what doing the, thing, the, the, things that, that, the two things that I mentioned that worked, because I don't see any reason to put those aside because they were successful. I'm really looking at the idea of a system. I, I need to get, and not just get a system in place, but a system in place where people can be assigned responsibilities and put metrics in it. Because in order for it to be mature in five years, it needs to be tested in one year. Okay. How will you know if you're successful with this system? If I can measure our activity to the extent that I can then make changes based upon it. So... Person A did X number of things. As a result of that, we received Z. Z was 20% below target. So person A potentially needs to do more of X things or they need to do Y things, something along those lines. Okay, cool. So I'm hearing, can you, if the goal for this year is just to get the system in place and to test it, Mm -hmm. can you get a system in place and test it and still fail as a business? Well, yes, because I cannot focus on the other things that are driving the revenue right now, which are the hours and the accountability meetings. I could, I could leave all that behind, but if I do that, I, I don't know if I feel like it's my safety so, blanket at this point. It's, it's like my safety blanket and strangling me. That, that's why I'm, I'm having anxiety around this because while it was good, it, it's like that the one you had with the plane. So yeah, I'm five directions five degrees off course, but I feel like if I just did that, I'm just going to stay five degrees off course and maybe I want to go to Hawaii. So what I'm hearing is you were successful this year because you exceeded your revenue target. Right. And I'm hearing you succeeded it, and, but it requires you to be where you're at and it required you trading hours for dollars. Oh, oh and, and with COVID, I worked significantly more hours than I normally do because I wasn't going anywhere else. I mean, which is not what I want my 10-year goal to be. Got it. So I'm hearing, are you clear on, based on that 10-year revenue goal, Mm -hmm. are you clear on where you need to be five years from now to feel like you're on track for the 10-year? Yes. Cool. Are you clear on where you need to be by the end of this year to feel like you're on track for the five? 
I don't know if I'm clear on a revenue goal. I'll need I'll need to take a look at that, but I know that I could back in from the five year. Um, I, I one of the things that I'm thinking. I, I don't know, and, and I know there's no right or wrong. Continue sort of take this year to build something that's not necessarily immediately revenue producing, because you have the ability to. I can build on what I did already. Hold on, we have a guest. Daphne, do you want to say hi? Hello, I was asking my dad a big chocolate chip cookie. His chocolate chip is favorite? Yeah, his we chocolate went, chip is my we favorite. Went, we went to the... Thank you, honey. That was really sweet of you. Yeah, chocolate chip is his favorite. I want to right now. Respect daddy's time block. I like how you're doing your one thing right now. And there's nothing <laughs> more respectful than chocolate chip cookies to show that you're respecting somebody's time block. I love you, honey. You're so lucky. <laughs> not scripted, not prompted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And multitasking is a lie. So I'm going to need you to repeat what you said because I don't remember it. <laughs> so, okay. Well, now I have to see. Do you remember the question that you asked? Because then I'm sure I'll be able to remember my answer. They, see, you got distracted too. Yes. I asked, if you're clear about your five-year revenue target, are you clear where you need to be by the end of this year to feel like you're on track for the five? And do you mind if I eat this cookie at the same time? No, please go right ahead. It looks like a delicious cookie. Mm-hmm. I think I'm clear on the where I need to be, but I, I'm wondering, this is what I'm wondering about, is if I just continue to build incrementally on last year and say, okay, I want to beat last year's numbers, this year's numbers by 10%, right? And these are the things that I need to do to do that. And then take the time to invest in the system and process because you can't do everything. You know, we we have other things to do. If that makes sense to do, because then my my goals are not going up in steps each year because I'm not necessarily going to be doing as much this year, but it would give me that foundation for the five years. Because without that, you know, I mean, again, we have systems and processes. We do not have scalable systems and processes because all roads lead to Deirdre right now. And that is not sustainable. Let me ask you a question. What if you just did this this year's numbers mm-hmm. next year? Zero growth, but you put the system in place. Okay. Would, how would you feel? My first reaction was negative to that because I like growth. Growth is fun. It, it, it's, you know, you feel like you're getting a gold star, right? But if you but, put a system in place and it didn't require you to be the one doing all the work, is that growth or is that not growth? That is growth. And if I were to be able to do that, I, it's because I tried mapping out my five-year goal just by numbers earlier. And it's, it, I mean, it's attainable, but there would be a lot more work for me. So potentially what the idea is, is then um, I continue to celebrate this year's success by repeating the success next year. because. It's not going to be negative to repeat this year's success in, in any way, shape, or form and force myself then to take my time blocks and translate some of them into creating the systems and processes that elves have not magically created for me in the meantime. I'm hearing your goal for this next year is a specific revenue goal while also setting up the system and scoreboard and testing it. And I think from what you just said, my specific revenue goal is going to be the same one that I'm actually going to be doing this year. Um, so there you go. not necessarily, that's not going to be the hairy audacious part. The hairy audacious part is to put this amazing system and scoreboard together. Yeah, because the truth is, 
you can go and hit a revenue goal by you running through walls. But we're talking what we're talking about, that's a path to burnout. What you're talking about is establishing a system and scoreboard that allows the team to hit a revenue target. And that's what will get me so that when Casey and I are sitting there in the airport, we're going to be in the first class lounge. There you go. (laughs) There you go. And you're not checking your email because somebody else has got it. Okay. So here's the deal. You kind of just came up with your goal for the year. Yes, I did. You need to, you need to now date that a little bit and, and refine it and ask the question if, well, I'll ask you the question. Can you do that and still fail? No. If I put the system and process in place, if that's my goal, I, I can't fail. That's, okay. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. that's where you are not allowed to go work 15-hour days, billing hours, to hit that target. It has to be done by establishing a system. Which that system is going to identify how much of it you can carry and how much needs to be carried by other people to hit the number. Yes. Now, this is when you look to the GPS. If you are clear mm-hmm. that that is the goal, Yep. You now have to ask the question, what are the major priorities that have to happen in order for you to hit that goal? Right. So here, I'm going to do something for you. Okay. You got a pen? You got a piece of paper? Absolutely. I'm going to put on a little bit of music and I want you to take about 30 seconds and I want you to just start journaling. What are the top 20% priorities you would have to address in order to achieve that goal? Okay. I was busy. How many things did you write down? Okay. Let's, let's do this. I'm actually going to share my screen. Sure. And what we're going to do is I'm going to ask you to read off to me what you have. And we'll go from there. So okay. what'd you get? Um, so... Again, top brain here. The first is to break down the existing processes into steps to be able to look at them. Mm-hmm. Assign, try to determine how long each step is taking. Look okay. at steps that may be unnecessary. Okay. Identify the steps that have the most client value and then the steps that have the most revenue value. Okay. Map out the new process. And then I put at the end, and I think it needs to go as part of map out the new process. Ask everybody on the team. The one thing that would make everything easier if we had a new system in place. And let that really inform the process. Okay. So the the first thing that I do when we facilitate these inside of companies Mm-hmm. You come up with a list, and the first thing I want to do is identify are there higher level categories that would encompass these? Right. So, as you look at this list, we see break down existing processes into steps, assign how long each step is taking, look at unnecessary steps, identify steps that have the most client value and revenue value. These four right here, mm-hmm. what do they have in common? They're all analysis. This is analysis of current state. So you just what what just happened is you just took four things and combined it into one higher level priority. Gotcha. Analyze, analyze the current state. Okay. Then you said another one. Now we want to map out the new process or the future state. Right. Okay. And then with that one, uh, you know, assigning specific items with uh, either time goals or production goals. 
uh, you know, training and socializing the team around it and have a testing period. Train people, test. And then the last, because I'm going to go ahead and say that this all goes into the same category, all is a review and revise, mm-hmm. um, which would be, do we have the right processes? Do we have the right people? Uh-huh. And yep. what modifications do we need to make? Yep. Implement and system scoreboard to drive. So here's what's interesting. If the goal is to implement the system and scoreboard to drive X dollars in revenue, we've got analyze the current state as a priority. We've got map out the future state as a priority. What's missing? Building it. Okay. Where does the revenue achievement fall in here? Oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scoring it. (laughs) So yes, we, 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 we have to have revenue goals to be able to test it against. Yeah, because the way that you laid these out, this is all about analyzing what the current steps are. This one's mapping out what you want it to look like. But the thing that we don't have in here is what's happening in terms of billable hours. Right. So so it would be that we're able to produce, you know, if what we did was widgets, if producing two widgets a week, we need, you know, can we produce six widgets a week? Um, is the goal to produce six widgets? And then what does that do from a revenue perspective? Because there's also obviously profitability that needs to be right. you know, considered as well. But yeah, I totally forgot the money side of it. Yeah. So that's so I'm hearing there's kind of three priorities, analyzing the current state, mapping out the future state, and driving a certain number of billable hours that drive the revenue and profit. Gotcha. Makes sense? That is... <laughs> I have a question for you. You're a genius. What did what did we? You're a genius. I'm just. I'm not telling you any of the answers. Let me ask you a question. What did you just kind of create a rough draft of? Uh, Well, this will be what my priorities are for my. So I have my goal: implement system and scorecard to drive X dollars of revenue. Um, I have my strategies, which are these three things, and now I have my priorities. So I'm pretty sure I just did my GPS for the year, and it's not even November yet. Yeah. So you have your goal. You've got three priorities and you started, you automatically started getting into the, 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 the strategies that support the priorities. I, I obviously need naturally, to go through and make things more specific. And again, this is a draft. So right. next thing is now that you have this, you need to debate, essentially print this out, put it in your back pocket, and then do this with your team and not tell them what you came up with. Did so that, let me ask you a question because I've always had... You? Yeah, we've had this debate on the um, in the members group. Do you tell their, your team what their goals are or do you let them come up with their goals? And does it depend on what it is that, that they do? Um, because to a certain extent, their goals need to be my goals because my goals are what our goals are. But at the same time, I don't know if people feel personally invested in someone telling them what to do. Exactly. What do you think the answer is? I think I'm supposed to lead them, but I have to say that that is something I really struggle with. So going back to the accountability meetings, that was that was the hardest part for me for this year was creating the time, making sure there was the structure, really just giving the time because I'm so client focused. So I'm hearing you struggled with asking questions and letting them come up with answers instead of you telling them the answer. Yeah, you have to remember, I literally get paid to tell people answers for a living. That's what I do. (laughs) Do me a favor. If you can grab a piece of paper and autograph it and send it to me because you're the first leader I've ever met 
who has had a hard time asking and not telling. (laughs) (laughs) You have any solutions there? (laughs) Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. So I'll walk you through what it looks like when we do this inside of companies, whether it's a company of five people or a company of 500,000. Doesn't matter. Um, This is not a democracy. You're the boss. You get to decide what the goal is. Mm -hmm. And you also inherently understand if you just tell them it's the goal, they're not that bought in. Versus if you ask questions of the team and allow them to share their ideas, whether you pick what they said or not, they now have DNA in it because they believe they influenced you. And they will influence you. Because what you're doing is you're giving them the space to arrive at the same answer you came up with or a better one. And it's going to happen where somebody's going to have an idea that's going to be better than yours. And you're going to go, all right, I'm really glad I listened to Jeff. So the way you can set this up is you can say, I had this conversation. And Mm -hmm. here's what I believe success looks like 10 years from now. We're hitting this revenue number. But what's unique about this is that all of us, we can live the life we want. We can live where we want. And by the way, it doesn't depend on any one person. It's truly a sustainable business in that there are systems in place that it does it not on the backs of one person. Because let's be honest, if something happened to you, what happens to their jobs? Right. Um. Right. So I care enough about you to make sure that this business doesn't rely on me. I want you to be secure, you and your families to be secure. Here's where we need to be five years from now to feel like we're on track for that vision. We need to be doing this amount of revenue, but we would have well-oiled systems and scoreboards in place that it's clear that the business is operating as a business and not on the backs of any one person. So let me ask you the question, and I'm gonna, I want you each to grab a pen and paper, and I want you to, to journal, where do you think we need to be by the end of this next year? To feel like we're on track for our for our five year goal, and give them the space to think it through, and then have a conversation about it. When I facilitate this inside a company, sometimes this is a two hour long conversation alone on just what the goal is. And by the way, more often than not, the goal that you have in your back pocket ends up getting improved. Okay. And now every person understands where they're going in the next year. And they understand how that puts them on track for a bigger vision. Now you've, you know, now you've won them over. Do you do this in a group setting or like in a one-on-one setting? Group. Okay. I and mean, I've had rooms of 70 people where you had senior vice president, vice president, directors, all the way down to managers. Did you duct tape their mouths so that they didn't interject? Because I know it's just, it's, 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 it's natural. You, you want to oh, get- Oh, they debated. It. It, was, it was spirited. And that's okay. great. That's a, that's, a, that's a form of buying in. It means they care. Okay. Then once you agree on what the goal is, and again, let me rephrase that. Once you as the leader say, now that I have your input, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a 10-minute coffee break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you what I've decided the goal will be. Okay. Thank you for your input. Here's, here's what our goal is going to be for the next year. I really pr- appreciate your influence. Now you ask them the same question I did for you. What do you believe the top priorities are? Not the specific strategies, not the tactical Mm -hmm. level, the high level things that we need to do. And you get them out and you start ranking them in order of priority. And then you ask the question, let's say it is what you came up with. Who in your org 
should own analyzing the current state? I'm genuinely asking. Yeah, it's so hard because my gut reaction was me, but me's got a lot of stuff that me actually has to do. Um, but you know, I suffer from that. Um, I'm the only one who can do things. So if and signs I the paper, you're the first one I've ever met who suffers from this. I know, I know. I, I I'm I'm glad to know I'm not unique. I'd I'd probably say Alex. Cool. And when would this current state analysis have to be done by? End of February. Okay. Twenty-eight. Okay, so all I'm doing is next to the, the where it says analyze the current state. It says Alex by February 20th. Yes, love bug. Hi. Oh my gosh, this is delicious. She's just bringing me sweet treats all day. You're, you're an angel. I love you. Thanks, honey. Seriously. Why you literally I? have a cookie fairy in your house. Do you realize how lucky you are? I might have another kid. <laughs> <laughs> Mapping out the future state. Who should own this? I, this is one that I want to put on my plate because I, this is my vision. And the mapping out the future state is one, but I will need um, assistance with carrying out the specific, the specific priorities. By when? When does it need to be done by? End of April. Roll 30th. Cool. And then produce why billable hours? Who, who's in charge of driving billable hours? I'm going to put that on Crystal. Okay. And that's probably an ongoing thing. That's, yeah, that's all throughout the year. All 41. Cool. So here's what just happened. Once the team flushes out what they believe the priorities are and you combine them into higher level and you say, great, now that we've got these three, four, whatever it ends up being, you rank them in order of priority and you ask the same question. Who owns this one? Uh, Alex owns this one. When does it need to be done by? Okay, February, end of February. Who owns this one? You do, Deirdre. When does it have to be done by? End of April. Then guess what happens? Alex, Alex goes off with Alex's team or cohort mm-hmm. and identifies what they believe the strategies are they're going to have to take to accomplish that priority. You would take your team or co- cohort and go off and identify what you believe the strategies are that you'd have to take to drive that priority. Crystal would sit down with her group and identify the priorities they or the strategies they would have to accomplish to achieve that priority. And once you've got the list, you rank them in order of priority. You make sure they're written so that they're accountable. They're specific. They're measurable. You ask the question, who owns this strategy and when does it have to be done by? And you have a finished GPS. And everybody is on the same page. And here's the beauty of this. Every person knows what the one thing for the company is. Everybody understands from a company level, what the, what the priorities are. And if a new shiny object pops up in the middle of the year, people will naturally ask the question, if I say yes to this, how does that fit in our GPS? What number is it? And if Alex needs you for something, she inherently understands that her one thing is analyzing the current state while yours is developing the future state and that you might need each other, yet your one things are different. It's called interdependencies. Now you actually get to have real conversations about how, where you make trade-offs. This is what it looks like to live the one thing. It just surfaces all the conversations that people aren't having. They're just expecting that if you say, hey, I need your help on something, that they drop what they're doing without any regard for what they're saying yes to. And I tell them not to do that. And they still do that. Well, because sometimes I'm the interrupting person, so. Well, I would say... Um, 
a leader casts a shadow and it's going to start with you. I would encourage you. I did this this morning with the chairman of a board of a really big company. He had all his the top 25 leaders in the organization on this call. And I just pulled up his GPS. And the first of every month, we go through his GPS in front of everybody and ask the question, how are we doing on this? And people have to, like, we just have to review it together. And based on that, because people have names next to the priorities and strategies, guess where that goes? Ah. To their 411s. The piece of the pie that you own goes to your 411 at the annual level. Then you get to ask based on that, what do I need to do this month? And once I'm clear on that, what do I need to do this week? And then you do something real crazy. You open up your one thing planner and your digital calendar and you time block it. And then because you already have created a culture where people are updating 411s on a weekly basis, now they're just now what they do on a daily basis is actually aligned with the plan for the company. And you're never more than a week away from making sure that that plane is on course. That sounds very relaxing, I have to say. Literally, my stress levels. Yeah. It's, um, the more I do this and the more I do this inside of companies, the more I understand what it means the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. Really simple. The models are there. Like every, you're a member, you've had access to all this stuff since the beginning of membership. But going on the journey to living it yourself as a practice leader and then starting to bring it into your organization, it's another level. Yeah. Is this helpful? Hi. I'm. I'm Yes. What's I'm, going on in your head? Um, I'm glad it's Friday because I'm so excited to do this. And just and for the past three weekends, I've sat down saying I'm going to do this and I get started. And it's this, this is the only time since I started thinking about what is the one thing and how do I do it that I've been stuck. I've just been going forward, you know, the 66 days, I miss a day. Okay. I'll do the next day, you know? All right. So the dom, what I got to do something for one minute. That's my domino that, that that's great. And it was very frustrating to me to be stuck because I felt that, you know, how was I going to continue? And I didn't want to just do what I just did, even though it was great. That wasn't what I wanted at all. And I feel such a sense of relief right now. And as I said, like my blood pressure that I'm so excited that this is the end of the day on Friday and tomorrow I'm going to go out. I'm going to go sit in the same place and I'm going to get this whole thing done. And that excites me. I look forward to it. I, because I, I, you know, I know I can do it and who knows the next thing. Cause I never would have thought a year ago when I did this, I'd be where I am right now. And it gets me super excited to think about where I'm going to be a year from now that I can't even imagine right now, but it's going to be terrific. Well done. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Our conversation with Deirdre Wheatley List, one of our Living Your One Thing members. Again, I'm really grateful that we recorded the conversation and that she gave us permission to share it with all of you because we knew this, this would help people. There can be so much confusion around how do you create a GPS? How do you actually do it? What do you do if you have a team? When do you engage them? When don't you engage them? And the amazing thing is that when somebody just facilitates the process for you, it's 
amazing how much clarity you really can get. It's why every year we facilitate our goal setting retreats, which this year we are doing virtually. One weekend is for couples. And that's the weekend of November 14th and 15th. And the weekend of November 21st and 22nd will be the goal setting retreat for individuals and teams. This whole process of casting that someday vision, the five, setting the five-year goals, the one-year goals, starting to create the GPS, starting to create the 411, that all happens over the weekend and we facilitate it. And you also heard we've, we've done this at a pretty high level inside of organizations, whether they are small or legitimately some of the largest companies in the world. It's amazing what happens when you can bring a team together and facilitate this process. It really brings an unprecedented amount of clarity and alignment because people want to do a good job and they want to know that what they're doing lines up with a bigger plan. It all happens when you do this process together. If you'd like to learn more about the corporate offerings, you can check out the training page on theonething.com. The final thing I'll say here is um, I want to comment on Daphne, my daughter. You know, we, we kept this in the recording because I wanted you to hear real life what happens. Since we've been working from home, I've got kids running around. Daphne's seven and Dean is four. And the thing is, when we first shifted to working at home, I sat down with my kids and I helped them understand that Daddy wants to be as efficient and as effective during the hours that he works so he can finish as early as possible so that I can play with them. And I help them understand that there will be times that they come into my office that they want to hug. And if I'm not doing my one thing, I will stop what I am doing and I will focus on them. And there are going to be certain times where daddy's doing something that's really important. He calls it his one thing. And that's when I say, if I'm in a time block, can you help or I'm in a time block, can you support me? That's my language to them that this is one of those times where I really need you to help me protect my time block. So to the point that she walked in, I didn't even have to ask her what her one thing was. She told Deirdre, my one thing is to help protect daddy's time blocks. And she wears it like a badge of honor. And honestly, it's, it's worked out really, really great. So we kept that in there because I wanted you to hear what becomes possible when you just start to enlist the support of the people around you. If this episode has brought value to you, would you do us a huge favor? Would you share it with somebody? Would you pause the episode and literally text them the link to this episode and say, hey, I really thought of you. I think you'll get a lot of value. Not only would you doing, be doing us a huge favor in terms of helping us spread the message to more people, would you be helping that person specifically? And if this episode specifically left an impression on you, we would love to see what you had to say by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. It not only gives us great feedback, but it, it also optimizes with the algorithms that iTunes and all these other platforms have to help us reach more people. If you'd like to make sure that next week's episode is automatically downloaded to your device, go ahead and click the subscribe button. We really appreciate you investing your time with us. The question we have for you is, based on everything you heard, what's the one thing you can do? Such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary. Identify that one thing and go take action. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.